The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, here's your host, Josh Getzoff. We're back for another episode of the Scoop Podcast, episode 48. Season's basically halfway over. We're kind of into the unofficial second half, so a good time to reset and a great time, always a great time, to bring in the arm dog to help do it. Colby Armstrong with us. Colby, first of all, uh, happy unofficial second half of the season to you. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, I, I classify it as official, Josh. It's the official second half, right? Get the holidays over with you grind to the to the all-star break and we're into it i know you know statistically you look at the game notes and you're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. we're all way over the second half but this is kind of the major push now that they're on and, and coming back from all-star break and and uh dialing it in and trying to find you know the the right recipe to get you over the finish line and and feeling good and everyone in their spots chemistry built identity found all that stuff uh god willing injuries and i guess covid doesn't rear its head again and they can kind of sort it out on their way to the playoffs yeah it's crazy as you and i talk now we're we're in the i guess the second to last full week of february just we never like to use these podcasts as a um so we always like to use them as something that's evergreen, not like locked into a date. But for the purpose of our conversation, I think it's worth mentioning that where we are in the schedule coming up on game 50, uh, Sid's at 499 in goals. Penguins are going to play the Philadelphia Flyers on Tuesday, February 15th. They're in first place in the Metro Army. I mean, it's it's crazy um, with everything, as you mentioned, the injuries, COVID, not having all four of their centers until what, game 35 of the season? Uh, and to be here, you know, neck and neck with the Carolina Hurricanes, who basically everyone's saying is a cup contender, the New York Rangers, who have been awesome since the start of the year. It's it's pretty impressive, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out here over the next couple months. Yeah, it's great. I, I think it's, I mean, all that stuff is amazing. I mean, first, like the Sid thing, like, oh, ho-hum, this just works out that Philly's coming to town, and he's going to yeah, be right. You know, it's like funny how things work out, right? Like, I'm sure, like, he would have loved to have scored it a, a little while ago, but, um, you know, he's been on the hunt pretty good. He's playing really good hockey. I love his game right now. He's got jump. He's comp- He's competing like crazy. Uh, and, you know, it's just a matter of time, right, with him. But it just works out that Philly will be the next game and it'll be at home, on home ice in front of the fans uh, instead of possibly in Ottawa with, like, nobody in the stands and all this craziness. So, uh, I find that always interesting to look at, you know, like, like Crosby, like, come on, give me a break. Right. Like it always just like falls, falls for them that way. Like the great ones always have that thing that like, it just kind of lands on these perfect dates, but you're right, man. Like looking back on the season, like I think a lot of the stuff this year is like completely unexpected. I think a lot of people had written the penguins off as this being a year that it's over, you know, like, you know, let the rebuild begin. What's going to happen with contracts and blah, 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 of course, looming. And it still is. But they had no chance, Josh, I think, at making even the playoffs. I think it was like, no Gino, no Sid. How are they going to complete this? How is this going to happen? Jari stunk last year at the end. Oh, my God, our heads are falling off. Everything's happening. And they've shocked the world. I think they've shocked the world. And not only that, like you said, now they're leading the division. And they're up there with, you know, these teams that are contenders. And, like, the the script has been completely flipped. Like, they went and got it done. And... I think through this all, Josh, I think we learned is like Mike Sullivan doesn't get enough respect. Chris Letang doesn't get enough respect. 
Uh, Tristan Jari, yes, he was an all-star. Doesn't get enough respect among the best goalies in the in the league this year, really, truly. Like, no one puts him in the conversation. I think I saw some votes come out, like, a, I think, right at the halfway point, so a little while ago. And I think he was, like, fifth in voting, like, ho-hum. I know. Just a forgotten piece of the puzzle and, and the season that he's having and the consistency he's having. So, yeah, I, I think they've blown expectations out of the water. I think they've made everyone relook at the Penguins. I think... Uh, you know, the general manager and Ron Hextall has something going on now where he's like, oh boy, like, what am I going to do now? I got these contracts assigned. My team has put themselves in a position. How do I support them? Do I make changes? What do I do? How do I do it? So I think it's, I think it's been an unbelievable first half of the season and blown expectations or whatever I think you had thought coming into this season right out of the water. I feel like too, you mentioned Ron Hextall, a lot of times last year, and I remember doing that show with him and, and Brian Burke, and we all know Burke, he can have an opinion or two, but he would always say, you know, he always say to me, Josh, I hate when people say that me and Hexy are the reason why the Penguins got going in the right direction. Because really, like, Army, if you look back to last year, when the team started to get jumping was in the second week of February when Hexy and Berkey came in and joined yeah. the front office. And I remember Berkey saying, you know, if I was if I was a, a player and heard that, I want to ring you around the neck and and, and be upset with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand where he's coming from, and that's fair. Like in the context of last year, that's totally fair. I think it's easy to say, like those guys didn't necessarily do anything that jump started the Penguins. But over the last what ten months, like Hextall goes out and gets Jeff Carter. He signs Brian Boyle. He signs Danton Heinen. He signs Brock McGinn. He elects to keep Tristan Jari. He brings back Evan Rodriguez. Like, all these guys that I just mentioned, Penguins are not where they are right now without those guys. And I think that, like, yeah, okay, last year, fair. Maybe don't take credit. This year, I think the guy deserves a hell of a lot of credit for where they are right now. Yeah, like the pieces and, like, they fit, right? And they fit with, like, the style of play. Like, I think as a player, like you're you're chasing your career, right? And you want to be somewhere, you want to make more, you want to, you know, play for a contender. And there's like all these things that are like kind of pulling you in all different directions as a player. And I think fit is something that is like the most important, right? Like I think style of play, who you're going to play with, what the team plays like, um, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, can kind of get overlooked as, you know, just looking at like a logo and going, oh yeah, I want to go there. I want this to work out. Or, you know, that's the place I want to be. They've got like, they're crazy, like fan support and all this stuff. And, um, and I think the players that they've brought in or kept, um, fit wise have like really made this team because they, they were, they were going through a lot, right? Like they had stars injured. They had, you know, you know, even some like peripheral stars in Rust and Gensel at the start of the year and Rusty through, you know, parts of the season as well here early with has been the lineup. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you got other guys like Zucker that's been out now a, a number of games, and uh, you, you're missing some like top six guys that like you would think you're not able to overcome this. And the story really for this team has been all the guys that you mentioned, and it's really been you know Brian Boyle, and like he's made an impact. And certain like it's been versatility and depth, and that has been their calling card up until like almost the All Star break where it started to fizzle a bit. And the depth kind of got a little quiet and it was the Crosby line carrying it. And then coming out of the all-star break, depth is going, hey, remember us? We're back. And they, they're starting to contribute, right? And it's like, it's a massive difference. It's a massive difference in the quality of this team. So you're right. I think credit should be there. I think it should be there for identifying players that 
you know, play a certain style and are, are a certain fit and, um, and have still the versatility to play like Rodriguez is, you know, yeah, he's, he's gone a little quiet. Like, let's not like, it's pretty easy to see looking at the stats, but like guys played left wing, right wing, first line, second line, third line center. He's all over the ice. He's all over the place. And, um, through it all has managed to produce and, and be a big impact and, and, you know, get the, you know, special teams, the power play, he's made an impact there as well. And, um, so yeah, these guys are Josh really important, really important players and have been, I think a big story for the success of their team this year. I was thinking about this the other day when you look at Boyle and Carter, and I feel like I'm going to try to hammer this term into the crown because I like it. <laughs> it's like the, Boyle and Carter, these guys obviously have been around for a while. Carter's won a couple of cups. I think Boyle, everyone he plays with loves them. They all respect them. They're culture enhancers. They kind yeah. of enhance the Penguins. Because, you know, you got Gino, you have Sid, you have Latang. Like, those guys obviously are the core. They're the guys that kind of dictate how things are run within the, the confines of the dressing room, which you know better than me. But to bring in those guys like Boyle and Carter that also have a pretty good idea of how things should go, I feel like they just enhance that culture a little bit more. Maybe add a little layer to it also. Yeah, and I think they've been important on top of it, right? Like, you can look at just, like, the enhancement uh, of these guys, but you can look at like, what's like, what do they call it when you're like accessorizing, you know, you got like all these extra little fancy things on or, uh, you know, they're kind of like that. I mean, it's been, it's been a great fit. And I remember going to camp and seeing Boyle and like, we know his story, right. And he missed a year hockey and what's he going to do. And like, he was like running the show. He was fun. He was electric. He was loud. He was like, you know, you need personalities, you need certain guys, and those guys are comfortable in who they are, comfortable in who they are as players, know where they can help and know how to help in certain key situations on the ice and and in the dressing room, I think. I think that's big. And look at the schedule, right? Like, there's been times, I'm sure you're like this too, where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. How are these guys playing? Like, I'm at the rink every night or I'm in the studio every night doing something, and it's like, how are they still going? Like, it's been a lot, It's it, and it's going to get even harder here down the stretch, but – you need those guys are so important in understanding, you know, when to push, what to take serious, what not to take serious, what to worry about, what not to worry about, how to deal with things, how to motivate the group at the right time and in the in the right way. Um, and personalities where I think those guys, you know, in places that they've been in their past, right? Like especially those two veteran guys in Boyle and Carter, uh, I think are very well liked and and easy to fit in any anywhere. So in terms of that stuff, in terms of enhancing uh culture enhancing the leadership underneath you know like the the crosby and the you know the core group guys that we always think about and malkin um i think that i think it's like been i think it's been this year i think it's been a home run right i think it's been a home run and and carter goes out and gets himself another contract just because he's been like he's been so versatile so rock solid he can produce he can play special teams all over second unit pp kills penalties like a beast been a big success of the penalty kill along with boyle and you know you got all these contracts in the air and gino especially and it's like okay we got this guy yeah he's older but like it's a fit it works and you can do all this other stuff too like the other stuff's really important too so they've been uh yeah they've been really good stories and i think really good kind of x factors that you need like within your team like day to day man like people forget about that they show up and they see guys wearing their like penguins jerseys for a game with no helmets on or warm-ups and their hair looking sweet chewing on gum and you think that's just like the first time these guys hung out these guys are together every day all day all the time working through stuff battling days we don't feel good when those guys can come in and boils like here we go boys like he's, he's got that energy right he's got that personality and i think 
you know, in terms of that, in respect to that, like you said, the enhancement of of certain things through this room, I think it's it's been a home run with those guys. Yeah, they've been they've been awesome. I mean, you mentioned Gino and obviously Tanger and Brian Russ too. Those are contracts yeah. for for Hexie. We'll get to those in a second, but I wanted to ask you about Sid because you mentioned it's funny how it lines up with the Flyers. I know this podcast is going to come out ahead of that game against Philly on Tuesday night, but being at four ninety nine. I've talked to a couple people about this, and I, I got to be honest, Army. I'm kind of like surprised at how some people aren't making it a bigger deal than it is when he's coming in on 500. And people say, "Oh, 600, 700, 800; those are big milestones. 500. I don't know if I view it in the same light." And I'm saying what other people are saying to me. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to out anybody. <laughs> but there's only been 45 people in a hundred plus years of NHL hockey that have scored 500 goals, like. To me, when you say 45 in 100 years, it's a huge deal. Like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's 499. It's crazy. It's big. It's a massive milestone. Like it's it's like a thousand games and a thousand points like that's those are like massive. Like. I think uh, thousand points is like, you know, a star, like superstar kind of milestone. Like thousand games. Superstar? Yeah, yeah, not that not that big of a superstar, but close. <laughs> but uh you should get superstar treatment after a thousand points. A thousand games also, like that's a cool milestone for players, but I mean let's longevity, like that's like like I don't Mario didn't have a thousand games, so it's like okay, right. you know, it's just like a longevity cool thing, milestone for players. But like in terms of like being an awesome all-star player, like this thousand points and five hundred goals is like those are like the milestones. Those are the mile. I remember when Rex got his 500th goal in Dallas, just to be there to like play on the same team as him to witness that, uh, like coming off the bench in celebration, the whole team. Like it was like, this is the NHL. Like this is a big friggin' moment. Like this is crazy. Like Mark Recchi got his 500th goal. Like that's, you go out there, the whole team went out to celebrate with them. That's the milestone, man. That's how it is. So say what you want to players. Um, you know, that milestone is rarely seen as you just listed the number of said the number of players that have only accomplished that. So it's it's special, man. It's special. I hope he and it's like, yeah, like I said before, okay, buddy, yeah, good one. Like it's what what game is it on what, what is it gonna be the 50th game of the year? 50th game, and I'll also get this yeah, he's got 49 goals career against the Flyers, so it'll be his 50th career goal against the Flyers, I believe, also. So it's all lining up, brother. And it's, and it's also it's also Yarmir Yager's 50th birthday on Tuesday, if you just uh, want to connect all of them. Oh, it's gonna it's it's meant like it's the stars are aligned, man. This is like the numbers game of it. You know, so it's weird how it works out like that, but it's almost inevitable. Like, you know, get your get your uh get your gambling app open and just start <laughs> it's already written. App. It's already written, you know, it's already been written. It has been written. It has been written. Let me like listen, <laughs> I just loaded up as we're talking right now. I loaded up the NHL media site just to see, like, rattle off some names for you for some perspective that are just over the 500 mark. You got Gilbert Perot, Hockey Hall of Fame, Dale Howardchuk, Hockey Hall of Fame, Brian Trottier, Hockey Hall of Fame, Marion Hosa, Hockey Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a theme here. Yeah. Sam Makita, Hockey Hall of Fame, the Rocket Richard, Hockey Hall of Fame. I mean, those are the guys that are, you know, 500 to five. 45-ish, like not even the, the Gretzky era type of goals, Ovechkin type level, but these guys are still 
it's you think of him, you're like, oh yeah, greatest players to ever play the game. Ever. And he's he's in that mix and he's gonna be right there at five hundred soon enough. Yeah, and it's just like a matter of time, I guess. Like really for me when I think about it, it's just a matter of time before he gets it or he's you know, this is like you're he's gonna get five hundred goals for sure. Like right. <laughs> it's just a matter of time because he's he is in he is like in the talk of like the top players to ever play hockey to lace him up. So it's just a matter of time. It's I can't wait. I'm glad it's worked out that he's going to be at home just to see it, you know, with your own eyes in the rink. I know fans that I've talked to are like excited about being there for the like history and the excitement of, of doing that. I find it pretty cool and talking to like guys that have, you know, you work with Borky and, you know, some of these guys that have, you know, been around and called like literally every single one of his goals, like every single one, like that's pretty badass. Like, I think that's, that's pretty cool. And like pretty cool for the fans of Pittsburgh that have been able to see them, you know, it rarely happens too that players stay in their same uh, cities, their entire career. There's like that, like tough to happen, you know, of course him and Gino and, and, and Tanger are still doing it, but uh, every goal in a Penguins uniform as well in front of the great sports hockey fans of Pittsburgh is like pretty lucky, pretty cool to be able to see that and, witness that and then see this great milestone that he'll hopefully get Tuesday night. Yeah, we, we know, as you said, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, probably sooner rather than later. Let's jump ahead here. I mean, it's it's a pretty big, you know, storyline situation for the Penguins as this second half gets rocking and rolling. Like we mentioned, it's game 50 against the Flyers on Tuesday night. So you can do the math there. You got 32 to go until you're at the end of the regular season. There's a lot still to be decided, but I think, and I don't think I'm speaking out of line here, maybe in a couple months we revisit this and I sound like an idiot, <laughs> but I think it's pretty much, you can pencil in the Penguins, the Hurricanes, and the Rangers in the top three yeah. of the Metro. Like, I think the Caps have really started to fade. I don't like their goaltending. I think they have a good team, but I don't know if they're in the same group as the the Pens, the Canes, and the Rangers. It's just a matter of where those teams finish. And I have to be honest, Darby, like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see the Penguins potentially challenging to win the division, but the more the games go along here, the more I think it's actually the best-case scenario for them. Like, I wouldn't have said in the beginning of the year – Oh, they yeah, it's the best, division. you know, yes. but then you, you don't want, I don't know if you want that two, three against Carolina no. or the Rangers. Like you take your chances with a, a Washington or a Boston, or maybe even a Detroit. And again, I know there's a lot of runway left in this season, but the more I think about it, winning that division might be the best path to get to where you want to go. Yeah, it is. It, it for surely puts you in the best spot. Let's like, there's no doubt about it. Like Carolina for me, uh, it's probably the team that I look at for the Penguins that I'm like, okay, stay away from these guys. You know, they, they can skate, they can check, they can score. They've now upgraded their, their Freddie Anderson and net. Uh, and they now have like a pretty awesome tandem where they've kind of always had like, oh, that's a pretty good goaltending tandem. Like not good enough, but it's good. Okay. We'll, we'll get by, but they've gone and like elevated that position, which has now put them like, I think on another realm of like scariness um and I, I think you're right i think you know you're looking at the standings if it's either you finish first or carolina does and you can try to you know match up and look at you know that rangers lineup and go okay do, do you think we can beat these guys this, this might be a little bit of an easier because i yeah you got to look at the e easiest path right the path of least resistance uh and yeah i think first place is a, is a good goal for these guys to go not just because it's like a cool thing to hang a banner maybe like you know first place in the metro it's like it's like 
path of least resistance, how do we stay away from some of these better teams and let some abuse kind of go take place through a series before we actually have to see them? And it's not going to be easy either way, but still, I mean, even look at like, look at it though, like Florida is all the talk right now. I know that, but you know, the pens are right there in points with them. They've got a few games in hand if you want to even look at the other side, right? And then you've got like Tampa Bay. They're tied with Tampa Bay for points. Uh, and then the Leafs that everyone talks about, they're, 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 they have more points than them. And I think play a more solid structured game too. So, um, you know, when it's all matched up, the path of least resistance, looking at how it's going to all filter through. And, you know, I know we just saw Detroit the other day, man, and they played pretty good and they've been rolling. I think they've won their last few games too out of the break. And Boston's without Marchand and Bergeron's hurt, as we remember in that game against Pittsburgh. So some things could change. It could be dangerous, but I think looking at that, the Metro tops is, has got to be something that you keep your sights set on to stay away from, yes, Washington and the Rangers, uh, or, sorry, Rangers and Carolina in the 2-3 spot and let them duke it out. Um, but I think it's I think it's possible for them, right? Like, look where they've got to this point. And, um, you know, they're going to get Bluger back eventually at some point as well. And right. off of his jaw surgery, which has, I think, been, a, you know, hurt the team. But at the same time, you know, they get everyone back and get everyone rolling again uh, down the stretch. And who knows what kind of tricks Hextall has up his sleeves here. This team's put themselves in a darn good position, um, you know, to maybe, you know, something can, some kind of enhancement. There's your word again. Enhance this lineup again. Uh, if you could at the deadline or leading up to it, depending on, uh, you know, what's happening here. But amazing positioning right now. Like, it's amazing to look at the standings, Josh, I think. Like, just looking at standings and going, whoa, how the heck did this happen? And, yeah, there was a 10-game win streak sprinkled in there, like, which really helped them. But even during that, I was like, they aren't even gaining ground. How Like, what's this going on? But it's been, honestly, consistency and, like, the dips have been a blip, you know, and and it's just kind of been a slow, steady rise with this team the entire way. Like it's just been a rise, and um, yeah, playoff picture. You nailed it. Go for first. I think you I think you hit a good point earlier too. Um, when you look at just that All Star break and the timing of it, like these guys were tired. Yeah, it was a busy schedule. So that came at a great time. They've obviously been a different team coming out of the gate, but now like coming down the stretch, I wanted to ask you. A couple more things, then we can kind of finish this thing up. Um, when you look at the Penguins the next couple months, is there anything you're seeing as, you know, as, as an X factor, is something you're keeping an eye on? Is it a trade? Is it a player? Like anything on, on those fronts that are going down the stretch here? Well, I think I think money, I think contracts and trades is something you always kind of look at leading up to the deadline, right? Like what could happen likely what won't happen is more like it i think it's like we kind of get used to that like all the hype and like what could happen and you know looking at guys and contracts and who can they move and who could they possibly not move and what's going to happen and um i think that's always interesting though i think just as a fan i think that's yeah. big questions i think if you you know ask people what they want to know they're like is the penguins going to sign Latang and malkin what's going to happen how are we going to do this like right. that's big, that's the big question right now and you know, for me, I think it's just like team health is big. And I know like, you know, what did you say? Game 30 something before they had all their centers back in the lineup, like completely yeah, 30 game. Yeah. yeah, it didn't last very long, right? <laughs> <It'd be laughs> no. crazy, but it's like, um, you know, team health is one thing. Um, 
And I think down the stretch, the one thing I will watch, which I find really interesting, I love how the league does this, but it's like they 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 pack in like the me- the Metro Division games. They pack in like a lot of Eastern Conference games, so like measuring sticks, like Tampa, Florida, Toronto. Like we'll see some of those. And even I think that when they go at West, I think they've got Colorado and some of these other big dogs that they've got to try to run through. So there's like a lot of competitive four point games with Metro teams and the big boys in the Metro. And then there's a lot of other games against the big boys in the Atlantic. And then when you got to go out West, you're still got to play some like top dogs. So there's a lot of measuring stick games of like what your team will look like, how you'll handle the schedule, get through it. How's your health going to be? And then how you're going to measure up when it's all said and done, because uh, the Penguins are going to be put through the ringer with the schedule and then quality of, of opponent as well down the stretch. So it'll be like all eyes on like, can they do this? Can they stay in their position? Can they withhold it? Can those little downward things not be that big? Um, and I think team-wise, that's kind of what I'm just looking at, uh, withstanding the withstanding the rigors of the rest of the year against top opponents. Yeah, it's hard to make a prediction. I agree with you with the, the free agent situation. Obviously, I think in a perfect world, Ron Hextall brings all three of those guys back with Russ Malkin yeah. and with Pang, but the cap is a real thing. And like as many goals who's got to go, who's got to go to make that happen, right? Right, and and already like Brian Russ keeps scoring, so like his his number keeps going up as a result of that. I mean, I, I do think there's something to be said for the idea putting his head of, hey, look, you stay in Pittsburgh, you're on Sidney Crosby's right wing for the next four or five years. You know, you're not you're not going anywhere there. Like. Go play and like sign a deal with another team that has like cap space and like you can play there, but then like then what? Right. You know, then what? So yeah, it's it's been interesting, right? Like Matheson, he's gonna set a career high points, goals, assists. No doubt, no question about it. Which leads me to believe what the heck was he doing in Florida? I watch him this year. I'm like, this guy's all over the ice, but it's like oh, he's got 21 points. His career high is 27, and it's like he's gonna have goals, assists, points. He's like, poo me. Like we're only at 50 games, like you said. Uh, Gensel, as crazy as it's been, like for him, he's missed some games and like he's on the verge of possibly, you know, doing some career stuff also with his game. Uh, Rust, you just said Latang as well, maybe not in goals, but I think in assists. Yeah. Uh, I think in assists, he could set up a career high in assists this year. Like he's been wildly productive as well. And if you go down the list and look at guys, and it's kind of amazing to do because I just don't think the Penguins are at the tip of everyone's tongue and talking about like success. It's just kind of always how it is. So you kind of overlook a lot of this stuff, right? And then you dive deeper into these guys' seasons individually and you're like, damn, dude, this guy's doing career stuff. He's doing career (laughs) stuff. Like remember in like, you know, 18, 19, he'd scored whatever goals. And he's like, yeah, he's like, He's doing better than that. He's doing like <laughs> numbers right now are absolutely insane. It's like, yeah, the Penguins are probably thinking, how do we keep this guy off the ice a little bit? He's killing us. Like he's killing every time he's on the ice. He's, he's producing, he's scoring. He's wildly effective. He can play on the top line with star players. Like it is, it's something else to see what they, what they've been able to do. And also, you know, do the fact that they had some key injuries, I think, it's been a good place for you know those depth guys to come and play here because you got a little bit of a chance you got a little bit more and you've been put in a little bit more situations to prove yourself here and, and your fit here so yeah it's been a it's been a fun year man it's been a fun year up to this point i'm excited to see what the rest brings yeah me too i would say too just to throw another name in there is something i'm really interested to watch here down the stretches so yesterday 
as we record this on Monday of the week ahead of that game against the Flyers Tuesday, the game 49 was against the Devils. Penguins won that game 4-2. That was the 39th game of the season for Tristan Jari. So he's been yeah. – I'm going to be really interested to see how Mike Sullivan handles that down the stretch because I think it bears mentioning that the last couple games for Casey DeSmith have been really good. Um, and Jari has been, as you mentioned, an all-star. I think he's a guy that's probably should be more deserving of being in the – higher end part of the Vesna conversation. He's got, what, 25 wins now. Um, he's going to surpass, speaking of career totals, he's definitely going to set a new career high in wins this season. Uh, definitely in games played. I think he's actually already there, uh, if not right on the verge of it. So, I mean, this is a guy, in my opinion, that has been unbelievable. But with 32 games left in the yeah. season, if you're keeping him on a, you know, four out of every five games starting rate, that that is going to be interesting. I mean, he's young. He has a lot to prove still. But there is a real concern in my yeah. mind for fatigue if he's going to be doing that. So Casey DeSmith to me is a wild card, and Louis Domingue for that matter too. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, it's it's great to bring that up because yeah, it's it's something that I think probably internally the Penguins were going, what are we going to do here? Like, what, we can't play Tristan every game. You know, right. Casey's been searching for it. It hasn't been like terrific. Um, you know, he's got to find it. Then Domingue gets you know, has a game of his life in his debut and he gets hurt like a pregame skate, like the next day, like the next, it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, Tristan can't bear the load down the stretch. It's going to be hard enough as it is. And it's just not smart to put him in that situation. So the massive glove save and game he had against Detroit before the break, uh, Dylan Larkin in overtime glove save loses in a shootout, but by far and away his most like competitive, confident game that we've seen, I think, out of him, which was like a springboard for him, I think, into the next game, which he, you know, came, comes and gets a shutout. But it's like feeling good is so like important to players. I think it uh, you know always stupid line, like look good, feel good, play good, right? Like that's like the dumb line that he always sees. But it's like it's so true. It's so true. And I talked to him uh, coming out of the game just in passing after – was after the Detroit game. Maybe it was like the next game or maybe it was that game. And I, I was like leaving after the post-game show. And I was like, hey, I was like, that had to feel pretty good. Or like your last start felt pretty good. And I'm like, I was – I think I was working with you those games. And I was like, yeah, Josh noticed that you had different pads on too. Like he's like, yeah, man, just got to try anything. So – Obviously, I think it was something that had been weighing on him, like his 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 performances, that he was willing to try something different. He didn't mention that to me. Yeah. Um, but, like, just to see his face and, like, how happy he was and, like, how relief it was to, like, find his game. And, like, he's, you know, self-admittedly a bit searching for it. Yeah. And, and then now to put two games together, I think, one, I think, I think that adds to Tristan Jari, who is, who is the number one goalie. But he's like, okay, I don't have to come in and back-to-back games – and if you stink, I have to play again. Or, you know, it, it relieves him a little bit on, you know, his off days that they're going to still win or, like, they're going to get performances. So I think that works for that. But then, like, Tristan, uh, sorry, Casey DeSmith now can, like, the coaches can go, damn, down the stretch here. We're in the driver's seat. Casey, Casey's Casey's feeling good. Casey's found his game. Casey's on the on his, on the, on the better half now. Like, he's he's going to be hungrier and, and, he's, and he wants to get in there now. So he's going to want starts. He's going to want to play. So I think that Casey DeSmith's game, and yes, it's only been a couple games, but that good feeling that he has can really 
propel into something good. And we've seen him do this before, right, Casey, in, in times where he's had to take over. And we know it's there. So I think it's a really good sign for the goaltending tandem, but also like the team and coaches too, that they go, okay, okay, took a little while, but we got him now. Here he is. He he, he can give us a bunch of starts. Casey, you can throw on your, or Tristan, you can throw on your baseball cap, put a towel around your neck and uh, have some, you know, some relaxing days off almost, uh, even though he'd be backing up, but some, you know, take a little bit of the weight off his, off his shoulders uh, heading in the playoffs, which is like, I think what every team tries to look to do, especially if they're in a situation where they got one goalie being the horse. That's the thing. The Penguins are definitely setting their sights on the playoffs. I got to be honest, Harvey, you mentioned the towel. I'm going to need a cold towel after this hot stove here. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we just ripped it up here. Uh, and yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been, uh, as you said, it's been a busy schedule, even coming out of the All-Star break. But I always enjoy chatting with you. I had a blast with you in the booth. And uh, thanks for being a guest on the Scoop podcast. Yeah, anytime, buddy. I love it. Just hot stoving. Just going to step out of the sauna. When I open my office door, I walk out. The steam will just come out. And my like kid will be like, what the heck was going on in there? But yeah, hot stoving. Josh and Army, anytime. It's uh, it's always uh, it's always fun just to have a jaw wag about the pens. That's, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. I always enjoy it. All right, that is Colby Armstrong. A reminder that if you want to be up to date on everything with the Scoop podcast, you can subscribe on SoundCloud. Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, we're everywhere. And we are coming to you with podcasts as much as possible. For everyone here with us in the Pittsburgh Penguins and Colby Armstrong, I'm Josh Getzow. Thanks for listening to this episode, episode 48 of the Scoop Podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Talk to you soon, everybody.